Beyond the Level podcast is brought to you by tinyhomes.com, focused on consumer protection for people and companies within the world of tiny homes. For more information, contact us at support at tinyhomes.com. Hey guys, I'm Jennifer Elliott, and you're listening to Beyond the Level podcast. Today is our very first episode. In our very first episode, we're going to start with the basics. So what we're going to start with is what exactly is a tiny home? So today I'm with Kenny Bavoso from tinyhomes.com. Hi, Kenny. Hi, how are you? I'm well. How are you doing? Oh, pretty good. Kenny, what is a tiny home? You know, it's a question I get a lot. And it's a question I enjoy answering, but it's also a really hard question. The reality is tiny homes, it's a marketing term, and there isn't really a def- find sort of size. People always wanted, oh, tiny homes are 200 square feet or 400 square feet. And it's really hard to sort of define that. You know, so tiny homes can be a myriad of different things. Are tiny homes a new concept? (laughs) I think people think that they are, right? I mean, I think that tiny homes have become a lot more popular, at least tiny home on wheels. But really, we've been living in tiny homes forever, right? or not forever, but really ever since we started building homes, we've been living in tiny homes, right? When we, we kind of the very first homes were not these gigantic monstrosities that we see today. They were pretty unassuming because they were simple to build and it was shelter. So we've really been building tiny homes since we've been builders of homes. But how they've been marketed and what we think of as a tiny home today has drastically shifted and changed. And what do you mean by that? When people think of tiny homes, often they think of these things that they see on wheels, which is really an RV, right? So, you know, the newest craze is this idea of a tiny home that is placed on a trailer and called a tiny home on wheels. That is sort of a new thing. Really, people think of it as a new thing, but you can find many pictures of structures that were put on wheels for a long, long time ago. So it's not also a really new concept, but it's gotten a lot more popular. Why are the tiny homes that we think of today on wheels, why is there that classification of an RV? You know, the reality is there's no option for people in tiny homes. So I think one of the things that people think about in tiny homes is affordable housing, right? So people are out trying to figure out how do I have my own home where I don't have to rent and I can have my own space, but how do I do it in an affordable way? So I think they've landed on tiny homes as a way to do that, but there aren't really rules and regulations from the city, state, and county levels to allow for that. Most of the laws in place today really encourage large home building so that values go up and that you don't tarnish your neighbor's value of their home by putting in a small home. That's sort of the general idea, maybe. There aren't really rules in place. The cities aren't really motivated or really don't want you to live in your RV. They think of that as a vehicle, so they don't really want to motivate you to live in your vehicle unless it's designated for that, right? Unless it's a RV park or some other designated area that allows for that, or if you're looking to live in a tiny home but only doing it seasonally. And the reality is most people that are looking to live in a tiny home, they want an affordable housing solution 365 days a year. But tiny homes is also very broad. And so it's not one size fits all. It's like many people come to tiny for various different reasons. What about the tiny homes that are not on wheels? Or why wouldn't you just always build a tiny home on wheels so then it wouldn't be classified as an RV? Like, how do you sort of get around that? So you have to, so I I kind of break it down to various different options, right? So you have 
tiny home on wheels or what we're going to call an RV. And in that, you have two different classifications. We don't necessarily need to get into that right now. But you then have a modular home, which is handled like a site-built home and is dealt with at the state level, basically the same as a site-built home, but it's the home is built in a factory rather than built on site. And then you have manufactured homes, which come with a bit of a stigma in terms of their craftsmanship, but it's not really a guarantee of craftsmanship. They're also using a different they're using different rules and regulations. They're using a federal code standard rather than a state standard or an RV standard. So you kind of have these four different areas, right? You have RV, modular, manufactured, and then you have this or other wedge might be called a kiln that most likely isn't coming with permitting or regulation or built to a certain standard. It might, but it also might not, just depending on what it is. Why would someone want to build a tiny home? Like, why wouldn't they just want to build a regular home? I think people look at price point, you know, like regular homes expensive. So if you're going to build an ADU, an accessory dwelling unit on your property, or you're going to buy a piece of land and you're going to build a home, you're talking hundreds of thousands of dollars. And often you feel like you can't qualify for those loans. You don't have the money to do it. And so it's just price. It's just really, really expensive to build a home today. Either buying a home as you know, a piece of real estate or buying land and building your own home. It's out of reach for many, many people. And so they look for other options. So people feel that tiny homes are more accessible and more affordable. Is this always the case? It is. I guess it just depends on what you're focused on, right? So are you focused on short, short-term rewards, long-term advantages? For example, if you're able to, let's say, you have the money to buy into a, a small house on a on a lot that's you know in a neighborhood and it's maybe technically pretty small but you're able to actually do it you might be able to get a better interest rate on your home you might be able to actualize more appreciation of that home over time there's certainly some disadvantages of tiny homes often they aren't considered real property they're considered you know either a vehicle or personal property rather than real estate or real property. So they generally decline in value rather than increase in value. So as a long-term asset, they can certainly sometimes be not as advantageous as real property. Perhaps finding a fixer-upper and it's a really small home, considered maybe a tiny home, maybe it's under a thousand square feet, where you're going in and fixing it up or figuring out a way to get the capital to do it where you have your own property and land. But it's, people are, aren't looking for just one thing, right? They Sometimes people get into tiny because they want to have their own journey in building. They want a little more elbow room. They want their own property. They're willing to, maybe they have a little bit of savings and they want, they don't actually, they're not looking for it to be a an investment more than they're looking for it to be their home. And they want it to be something they've crafted or they want more selection and choice. So Tiny homes, depending on how you do it, can give you a little more flexibility. But it gets pretty confusing because you have all these different wedges in which tiny homes can live. Again, people use the term very loosely, like, oh, well, I'm in a tiny home. This is a tiny home. This time, What isn't a tiny home? We were in New York, and we were in a tiny home, I guess. We are in a tiny little apartment. The I mean, apartments in small New York little... are certainly tiny yeah, homes. Yeah, <laughs> so, I mean, what isn't a tiny home? We have five tiny homes on our property outside. I mean, I'm being a little bit dramatic, but... We have a little treehouse and a little shed thing and a 20-foot sauna on wheels. And, you know, all these considered could be considered tiny homes. When someone is considering or thinking about having a tiny home, 
what would you say are the things that they need to consider, ask themselves or figure out to try to figure out if a tiny home is the right fit for them? Yeah, I think it's a great question. So I, th- I mean, I think it's focused on, okay, what is your goal? What is your goal? And then what's your capacity? Do you already own land? Are you looking to do this with, you know, maybe a partner? Are you looking to do this by yourself? Are you looking to do this with a group of people? What's your plan? What's your vision? What is the end game? From that end game, figuring out what are your options. Let's say someone's saying, listen, I want elbow room, but it's really important that I have my own space. I don't want shared living or whatever it might be. That might drive a different set of outcomes than I want to live in the city. I want to do this. I'm interested in cohabitating to I want to be able to do the build myself to I have this certain budget to I want something old and antique to I want something brand new and shiny. There's so many different variables that sort of drive what you might do. And then again, it kind of goes into that wedge of are you looking to maybe have an ADU accessory dwelling unit? Are you looking to build a modular home? Might a manufactured home be a good option for you? Or you know what? I'm really looking for an RV, either straight up RV that you buy from an RV dealer or a RV that was built as a quote unquote tiny home on wheels, either as a park model RV or a conventional smaller RV, because that fits into your use. Maybe you're looking to use it just temporarily. Maybe you just have a piece of land that only allows for camping. So it fits really well into that where you can only have the RV on the property for 180 days or whatever those limitations are. So a lot of what you have to sort of what do you want to do? And then where's the land that you're going to be using? That's going to drive the home that's placed on it along with what are those state and city and county regulations that you have to abide by or not abide by or that aren't defined yet. So essentially it's what are you looking to use the tiny home for? Where are you going to put it? Like, would you say that like where it's going to go is a large driver yeah. Yeah. of what type of house you're ultimately going to get? And then once you have that land, what are the restrictions or laws in the specific area that you're at? Yeah, that's great. Absolutely. Is there anything else you would like to leave us with? Not really. I mean, there's there's a lot to it. Honestly, there's a lot to navigate. There's a lot of considerations. I would say be diligent about research and be try to be as open-minded as possible. I think people have in their head some type of notion of what it is. And I like to say, don't believe everything you think. So be open to opportunities, options, and different modalities. For example, sometimes a manufactured home, as much as it has a stigma to it, is something that'll be like, oh, I'd never consider it, even though it could be a really good solution. Or, oh, I wasn't, you know, where you just have these roadblocks and things you don't really want to consider. Just be open-minded about it. Know that it's a long path and that it's a windy road. Gotcha. And things might not be as they seem. They might not always be as they seem. Things might change. The journey is long, but enjoy the And that's part of the fun, right? Isn't that part of why people get into tiny? It's about the journey. It's about a different lifestyle. It's about an adventure. It's about an adventure. And it's like all the parts are fun and enjoy the ride. Enjoy the, if you're going to be out looking for property, enjoy that process. Enjoy getting into the minutiae of it. If you're going to be looking at all the different options, enjoy those processes. And, And, but then also be aware of just the numerous and countless pitfalls that are out there. That, um, and like, you know, for us, we obviously advise you to talk to 
experts in the field to help you navigate that process rather than trying to do it alone, similar to buying a home on your own. Yeah, it is an interesting thing that I think happens in Tiny that people kind of think that they can do it either if they're going to build or like find a tiny home, people kind of think that they can do it on their own. And we're sort of saying, reach out to people, reach out to people that know what they're talking about. Don't be afraid to ask for help. And certainly you can do it on your own. And like anything, you do it on your own. And like, even if you don't do it on your own, there will be mistakes and issues that come up. And that can be part of the learning process and part of the joy. But also there's so much to know. There's so much to navigate that consider bringing in a team of people to sort of help you through that process and know that you don't have to do it all by yourself because it is a very daunting task to be able to figure out all of the elements and laws and regulations and build modalities and qualifying builders and understanding about products. And there's so much there that if you have a good team behind you, you might be able to enjoy the ride a little more. Well, thank you all for listening and thank you, Kenny, for the conversation. You're welcome. Stay tuned for future episodes where we talk about more things tiny. Thank you for listening. Beyond the Level podcast is brought to you by tinyhomes.com, focused on consumer protection for people and companies within the world of tiny homes. For more information, Contact us at support at tinyhomes.com.